This week on the Rockwater Rambler, we got Carter Felker talking about his new record, his new band, and his girlfriend. Check it out. So we got Carter Felker here. We're going to be talking about his album, Everyday Life, that he put out. How long ago did you put that out? That'd be March of 2016, and now it's December. How many months is that off the top of your head? I'm not... Let me fact check that. <laughs> Brady's going March to 4th, run some numbers. Well, it's long enough anyways. He's <laughs> yeah. been playing it for a little while. You got a band now? Yeah, the Chuds, yeah. The Chuds. Um, which I know a couple of those guys. They're good guys. It's sounding good. I've only seen you once, but, um, but yeah, you've, uh, how long have we known each other? I'd say four years now, three, four, four years. years. Met at Mikey's. Mikey's yeah, I remember that. Yeah. I want to hear about the first song on the record. Everyday um, Life. Which is the title track. I work down at the grocery store. Go to work at seven, come home a little after four. Sometimes I wonder what I'm living for, but they pay me good down at the grocery store. What do you want to know about it? Is it a true story? Is it about yeah, you? Yeah, it's it's a it's a, it's a it's a bit about <clears throat> me. I mean, I I grew up in a family with like. Every friggin' person in my family on my, on most of on my dad and even my mom's side worked in a grocery store, and it's like you know, it's like the family business. It's like going down in the mine if you're from like, Blairmore or something. I don't know, but like I wrote it kind of like, I deal with depression quite often. Like, you know, every day it's kind of what the album's about. It's just like that underlying sadness. But the song itself is really true to my life. I mean. Sometimes it gets hard, you know, like, and I just kind of thought about, I did work in a grocery store. I was a baker for a long time. And then I was a grocery clerk. And sometimes I'll preface the song on stage by saying that, but yeah, it's true. I would say it's like, I'd say it's 95% true. I mean, my brother doesn't have a place in Mexico. Okay, he used to yeah, go yeah. down there quite often. I was, that was the next thing I was going to ask you, but, but you did go down there often. No, he did. I never went. No, my my older brother was working in the oil industry, and when you have all that money, you know, what do you do when you're off? You go down to Mexico, I guess, or Jamaica or wherever. That was his life. But he did ask me to go a bunch, and then I was like, well, first off, I was way too cheap, and he wasn't gonna pay for you. <laughs> I don't think so. I wish. Yeah, I'd be. I've. I'd have gone by now if he if he was paying. One day, one day you'll be rich. You can go to Mexico all you want. Man. One day, yeah. Maybe they'll just Song pay us to like reach. do a show. We should do like a like a Calgary showcase in Mexico. That'd be amazing. Be all, they'll pay for just all of it. Just fundraise the hell out of that. Oh, yeah. Or we could, yeah, ask people for money. Just send that's what, us. That's what musicians do, right? To share Calgary music 
with Mexican folks. Yeah, that's a really great way to do it. Do they even some lots of them wouldn't even know what Calgary is probably. Probably not. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. we're we're tiny tot. We're nothing. Yeah. I always think about that. We're just like a city of a million people that people like three hours south of here in like Kalispell, Montana, have never even heard of. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what? Yeah. If you go in the states, it's like really crazy how many people don't even. Yeah. Don't even know. There's a city of a million people exist. in Canada, and it's like, yeah, there's a few. It's a shame. It's a damn shame. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a Scottish act? What is that? I don't know. No. It's okay. a shame. <laughs> it's, a, it's a goddamn shame. <laughs> oh, man. Um, okay, come on, baby. Oh, that's, 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 for Amy? that's for Amy. And that is like my, my, my in-laws, like Amy's mom and dad are like the best people in the world. And so is her brother. She doesn't have a sister, but I always like the imagery of like, uh, like a younger sister, like being like, stay away from that guy. He's super pervy. You know, like <laughs> that's the idea. Like, you know, because yeah. it's like, what's the line? It's like, uh, your little sister, baby sister, uh, can scream and shout about the sicko that I am. I just think that's hilarious in my mind. When I wrote that line, I was like, that song's, you know, throw throw a mediocre bridge at the end. And so did her go. parents ever, like, hit you? Hit me? No. <laughs> hit, no, they never hit, hated me. Like, hit uh, I think Amy's mom has a lot <laughs> to do with why we're you. together. Like, me and Amy, she was my neighbor for, like, the whole time I lived in Grand Prairie. And then she moved, like, a year and a half. She's, like like, young, so I was, like you know not interested in that sense but when she moved we started talking and she's just like the most cool person ever and her mom found out and was like get him down here tell him to come visit and i was like hmm. oh, i was scared but i went to came to visit and never left like i think i came with like 40 dollars and a, and a garbage bag of clothes and like nice. never left so yeah calgary's my home now but yeah they've always been nice i that was like an homage to like what the could have been if you know like they were angry that i was a musician or like a like a working bum so like writing music at that house what's it like with with their parents like do they do they help you with any of it or like have any input or that's a good question it's funny because i uh amy's dad is like he just plays music all the time like on the computer and stuff like so i hear a lot of music from him you know, like even like Stan Rogers or Warren Zevon or stuff like that, that I usually, I love Warren Zevon because of him, but I show a lot of songs to, to Amy's mom. Like I'll show Amy and then Amy's mom is always the next. And then usually her reaction helps a lot because she'll either cry or she'll laugh. And I'm like, all right, I'm doing okay. If she doesn't react, I'll just throw the song away. That's fair. (laughs) It's like a filter. Yeah, exactly. I have like a human Flesh colored filters, yeah. Human song filters. <laughs> I mean, that's it's <clears throat> with songwriting. I think, especially in, with a group full, like a house full of people, like you guys know, like you guys live together and write songs together and apart. 
Do you show them to each other? Like, are you like, I got a song? Um, yeah. There's usually like, well, for me anyway, there's a lot of, I'll, I'll sit with a song for like weeks even. And then usually when I feel like it's done, I'll present the song. Usually. Yeah, we don't usually write together. Yeah. No, there's not usually writing. That's cool. That's cool that you don't write together. But it's presenting a song and kind of letting the other person maybe take it somewhere or add or adds to it in their own way. Yeah. I feel the same way like with, with my writing or with the people I show it to. I mean, I it's weird. I think about the lyrics so much that sometimes when I have it down musically, I, it's not always like a fully formed song, but I like need to like, I'm like, I have words to music that I care about and now I need to show it to somebody just mm-hmm. to make sure that it's like makes sense because sometimes I'm like so wrapped up inside of the song or in, you know in the creative process that I'm like I don't even know if what I'm saying like even makes sense I'm like that's a great line to me because I know what it means sometimes I want to be like I want to ask you know Amy's like an amazing writer and a poet and she knows she can pick stuff she usually says things that I'm thinking like right away so it's like it's nice to be able to share that and but it's like one of those things where I I think about it all the time where it's like yeah I, I, I do need people to bounce ideas off of but I also don't need a lot of suggestion on where to take the song or what other people's ideas of the song are you know what I mean like you ever mm-hmm. have somebody go like oh change that to this and you're like get away from me I don't want to hear that yeah it's we, your project right it's we your definitely thing. have those moments all the time for sure there's there's like a certain amount of self-editing too like if you go back to a song um I don't know if you do this but going back to a song and like having a lyric that you know is awkward or yeah. you disliked in the song that you've been singing for like three or four months already and you're like i need to you need to i need to fix that like that's something that every time i play it makes me feel weird so i need to like go back and change that song. yeah that's a good way to do it too i mean that's that's a that's a good point because it's like sometimes you write songs and you're like this is a good song but there's a part of the song where you're like yeah that exact feeling and it almost is like it's like somebody else is singing the song it's like somebody else's song you're yeah like, what is that that's just like uh you know, like a, like those lines, like their connector lines or something. Like yeah, how so it's just something that doesn't just it just doesn't flow right or doesn't yeah, sound like, right yes. or it's awkward or. I have that problem all the yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah, and I I don't know, like going back and going back and making modifications almost seems weird because you get really used to the song. You mm-hmm. know? But I don't know. I don't like. Is there any songs on the record that you play? Differently? differently than when they're when you recorded them man I, I'll, I'll play i play like i play differently i'll play a song differently every every night that i play a show because i don't necessarily practice them to be like <coughs> perfect fully formed like things like that's a it's it's a struggle for me because i envy people that can be really tight like with their band or with their songs like you're hearing the consistency of day-to-day like practice and actually practicing a finished song on their own time but yeah there's songs that i play i'm trying to think of songs that i play differently that are on that album there's one for sure that i play differently sometimes that i don't do a minor fall like there's like uh in alberta woes i don't drop down into the uh like there's a minor chord in there that i don't do Mm -hmm. for the uh like the 
the instrumental break, like for the leads, because, you know, it depends who I'm playing with. Sometimes they're like, I, I'll ask what they prefer just to see if, if they can really shred a, a lick or if they... Over top of yeah. that specific chord. Yeah, because sometimes I'll just go right back. It's like a one or, or a six, and it's like I usually, I'll either stay on the one or I'll go to the six. And if a guy's like, yeah, that minor, that six in there is like really brings it. Or just go back to the one and play it over again. I'll do that. I mean, but that's like, yeah, not really. I mean, sometimes when I have a song, I'll just keep it the same. But depends on the players, I guess, the production. Yeah, of the, the band players. Like, you know, there's, there's guys, you play with more experienced players too sometimes that can play anything you want and you just stay true to the song. But I mean, hosting jams around town or playing at, you know, with, with other people. You definitely have to pick your songs. Yeah, exactly. So sometimes I'll be like, yeah, that's. That's that's what it is. I'll sacrifice that part. It doesn't change the song that much. It changes the mood a little bit, but yeah, not really. I mean, I don't. That's hard. Do you guys do you guys have any songs that you guys like change? Like it's like I have this version, and then I have my obviously live I, versions can be different. Well, like your tune, uh, the engineer. Yeah, that's the the way me and Brady played is like completely different than yeah. Brady's record, because um, I. I just grunge the hell out of that song. Oh, yeah. As a, as a <laughs> I make it the no greasiest choice, so like, Yeah. To make it bar, or to make it so people in a bar will tap their foot to it and, you know, have a good time, you have to change certain songs, I guess. Or adapt them to what we can actually do with it. Because we don't have a pedal steel or violin up there. Or a drummer. Or a bass player. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't have any of those things. Yeah. That changes a lot of things. That Alberta Woes tune, we actually, when we were talking to Tanner, um, we were just talking about how every Albertan songwriter sort of has a song about that. He came from a town in northern Alberta, nobody heard at all. His mom worked at the sand store over on Main Street, and his daddy Except for Brady, who doesn't have one of those yet. About the tough times or about, about the tough times in Alberta? You know, it's it's such a, especially right now, such a strong topic for songwriting. Oh man, I think a lot of people who are making art in Alberta appreciate the art <clears throat> that the province itself has given to them. So you kind of have to, I mean, think about it. It's like, yeah, you're this boom and bust province that. You know, eats hog and like, you know, you're like, we're all sitting pretty for so long. And then at craters and everyone's down. I mean, the highs are high and the lows are lows. You got to write about it. And who's better at writing about lows than musicians? Yeah, exactly. So those people, those people are hearing us sing their story from a pretty honest, oh man, broke ass perspective. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, the one thing too, is you think about it. I mean, there's such a divide but also a common ground that you know pro crude oil petroleum people or left-leaning environmentalists still share and it is i think a lot of it has to do with art i mean i think a lot of people when they see me play i I think i look i kind of you know i look like a redneck i kind of got that look i'm like long hair bald on top trucker hat 
plaid or snap up shirt and jeans. I, I think a lot of people don't know. You know, I I I have sympathized with with you know having money and 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 not making the right choices. I mean, I've seen a lot of people that I care about have that problem. Well, and I think it's hard to say if you were in if you were in their position if you would have done things differently. Than yeah, exactly. A lot of them did. I never um, had the money to spend, so I don't know. Yeah, yeah exactly. I've been doing this, but it's if like if I would have made a bunch of money, would I have spent it? Maybe. Yeah, exactly. So it's like you know, I think a lot of people forget to be empathetic even towards that lifestyle you know they go like oh you deserve it or then it's like well i mean no i wouldn't say that but as far as alberta artists go you look around it's like it's such a good word alberta it's like the syllables the way it comes off the tongue it's like might as well put it in a song yeah for sure it's hard to say saskatchewan or new brunswick or yukon well you can say long gone yukon or alberta kind of rolls off the tongue for yeah sure. Like what you say, BC, and everyone's like, "What does that mean?" It could mean it could be an acronym for anything. Birth Brit- control and British Columbia is a pretty long. Yeah, it's it's all <laughs> they, there. They find they all find ways to say their and like names. Alberta, Manitoba's got a nice ring to it. Yeah. Ontario, I mean Neil Young said that in a song, but it's like as soon as Neil Young says something in a song, everyone's allowed to say it. Yeah, exactly. Then it's automatically cool. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, I think every Alberta songwriter is tied to alberta that's you know that's why they're in alberta there's but there's so many there's so much going on in alberta at all times it's like it blows my mind that people forget about like even the art scene in alberta i mean we have two cities with a million people a million plus people mm-hmm. you got edmonton and calgary i mean there's a lot going on here and i mean even in our small towns you got lethbridge that has a great scene you guys came out of medicine hat and you got Derek there Derek Hines or how do you say his last name Hints Hints Derek Hints yeah like you know and it's like in Lethbridge you got like Shayla Miller and Treeline and Evan Yushanko and guys like that like really great musicians Edmonton's got like Braden Gates and Ken Stead in Calgary we got like Calgary's at its like zenith of songwriting and music i think yeah. like honestly a lot of people don't think about it. i think the roots slash folk and folk rock and scene is like literally just starting to catch its tail like yeah. it's really i actually wanted to bring up with you too um ckua is like since they've moved uh or have a place in calgary now um with allison brock sort of playing into the calgary scene a lot and she's really picked up on your record um I just wanted to talk about that whole wide cut country thing and like how that was for you, how that's, how that's, you know, affecting your playing. I know that band that you put together sort of was for that yeah. purpose. Yeah. I mean, well, Allison has been really super supportive of my CD, which is like, I'm super grateful for. I mean, you know, that's like living a dream. You, She's you, got good taste, man. Oh, thanks. But, uh, you know, like... You think about what she's doing for playing like roots from a roots artist from Alberta, and I, like she's really, you know, I never thought I'd be on CKUA ever. Yeah, I mean that's you know you set your goals, and you know I never thought like oh yeah every couple Saturday mornings I'll get a song on there or something which is amazing to me, but Wide Cut Weekend in general like in this city is awesome mm-hmm. I think. Put the her and everyone else who helped her put it together. Man, that's like such a good thing for this. Well, city. it gives Calgary something 
in that like outlaw country roots world. Yeah, and we need we needed it. I mean, everyone's kind of it's like oh, Calgary's like the Nashville of. You know, you hear that, like you hear that stuff, which I don't really listen to. Let's CMA, CCMA stuff on that side, which is like, that's fine. You know, that's if you're doing the top 40 route, feel free. But it's like we have so much underlying talent in southern Alberta that having an epicenter like Calgary to have a festival like that is going to push us all to go well either try to get in and, and mm-hmm. but then you got like the after parties and meeting other and and the song swaps and playing with people it's it's amazing to me like you know I got to play with a band like a full on band drummer and rock out for the first yeah. time ever which I've been in wanting to do in front of a great crowd yeah exactly they're all there for the right reasons yeah exactly and they're good listeners <clears throat> and it's like you know, and they curate it quite well. Like, you know, you if you want to go rock out, you go to the Legion. Or if you, you know, you, yeah. if you want to sit down and listen. But even the Ironwood turns into like a, like a honky a tonk. A venue, yeah. Like, and it's like, you know, and it's so good because I think a lot of people, a lot of young people forget that like it's a viable scene for young, like, you know, teens to early 30s, you know, college kids to listen to that type of music in Calgary because it's like, yeah, you can go to broken city and see some really awesome bands. There's like a pretty good indie scene and metal scene. And it's like young, like I think wide cut is like, all right, yeah, this, we can have a good time, you know? And it's like, you, you can put wide cut or, or our country in the, in the label, but I think it's redefining it for younger generations around the city. That's about, I think, I mean, yeah, the wide cut part is pretty important. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, like you think about it, it's like you you have from old time to to like rock bands to like bluegrass to like even like old older uh, like older sounding country, and it's wicked. I think it's I think it's brilliant. Well, there's there's a good scene here with like guys like Tom Phillips and um, like Tim Leacock and man um, that are kind of you know they're the older guys that are kind of showing showing the younger dudes how to do it. And I think I think for Tom Phillips, like he's kind of that Towns Van Zant character in town that um that a lot of the younger people respect. You know, when Man. I go to those jams I see it for sure. He's he's an amazing songwriter and he's a really good person and uh you know, if if you ask him some advice or whatever, he he'll give you the time. I mean I played a song swap with them, and I couldn't get over the the, the just the quality of songs, because it's like you know you'll hear them with a band, but it's like it's it's a pretty mm-hmm. big treat to hear him play something, uh, not suited to a bar room, something more yeah. on his songwriter side, and you know I've gotten to know him. I came up playing his his jams at Schooners up in Signal Hill or at Mikey's on Sunday, and that's where I like really got into country music again. Like I've always listened to it and, and folked out and all that stuff, but hearing him was amazing, you know? And I mean, he just came out with that Mr. Super love record. That is like yeah. incredible. Like, yeah. you know, lending his voice to a different kind of with genre. And Laurie stuff. Matheson and Tim. That. Yeah. And Tim Leacock yeah. as well. Yeah. And it was amazing. You know, he's relevant as hell. And he, I mean, <clears throat> I think that it's more people should know about him and more people should go to mm-hmm. his jam just like i like you know like we had a pretty good thing going on at the open mic at mikey's when i was hosting it i think it's still yeah. happening there with the rotary park guys they're awesome but it's like going out and like actually getting to sit there and watch tom it's a treat he's amazing he's yeah. a great writer and i mean he's a throwback too 
Well, that's the whole thing. The whole like the heart worn highways thing. Um, he's he's definitely got that figured right out for sure. Oh man. Um, and you know you lead by example with that, and I think um, songwriters in Calgary that know how to write a finger picker tune or and then switch right up to a bluegrass tune and then play a blues song after that. Yeah. Um, that's sort of what that's all about. Yeah. It's kind of you have to know more than one trick, you know, when yeah. you're up there. And he's he's one of those guys. And there's a few of those guys in Calgary for sure. Oh, man. And I mean, that's that, and that's just a testament to like even, there. you know, you get guys like Tim Williams in town or Steve mm-hmm. Pino. Yeah. That, could, that have been doing And those it are the and, blues yeah. masters, man. They're, exactly. They're awesome. So you just, it's all relative, I guess. It's all connected. Um, There's one song in your record that is... The last, it's the last tune. What's it called? Town the Small? Or it's the blues tune. Maybe second last song. Way Down Blues? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is um, that a blues actually? Or is that, I just kind of uh, named it that. definitely blues. It's like a minor, <laughs> minor blues song. It's yeah. great, man. Oh, thank you. It's great. Dug myself a deep dark hole, darker than the night. That one, that one's like about. That one's definitely about like the, my battling with like depression and some of the feelings I have. I mean, sometimes I'll take emotion and then characterize it into something that is something I'm feeling, but like another person, like yeah. that song is like you know, it's it's more of a tragic tale than. Yeah. Than anything. I mean, yeah. <clears throat> sort of personify it in the song. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, like, there's parts of that. There's every part, every song that I write has got a huge, huge part of me in it. But sometimes I look at them as character songs. Like, you know, here's like, you know, putting my depression into somebody who maybe have a substance abuse problem mm-hmm. or a little bit more of that. Yeah. I mean... Yeah. Well, it's easy to translate emotions regardless of if, if you yeah, are exactly. exactly like the character in the song or not. Yeah. There's it's, I was listening to a Jason Isbell interview and it was it was him talking totally about that um of just that at some point he realized that you you can write about other people and he all of a sudden had this epiphany that he I don't have to write anything about myself like as long as it sounds really honest, yeah. it is honest, you know. That's if you if the emotion comes through and it's authentic, that's like the key to music. Like I was talking to Ben Longman about that, and he was saying, he said it really good. There's no there's there's obviously being a good musician is totally like you're a good musician. It's obvious you can you can sniff it out in a second. But it's like being a good artist is literally it's about being in, like there's the. You, you, there's lots of people who pick up the guitar and they're lacking maybe like that authenticity. I know that, exactly that, what you're saying for sure. Yeah, because that's what makes you an interesting artist. You know, you look at a yeah. guy like Chris Stapleton or Jason Isbell or 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 Sturgill. Like those guys, it's like they're all doing it different. Kurt Cobain. Kurt Cobain. They're all doing it like, but like they're like all doing it different, but they're all in the same genre. I think technically. What but I'm thinking is just like that, that raw honesty 
that some songwriters can get regardless of their skill level on the guitar. Yeah, exactly. Some people can just achieve this song that's yeah. amazing. And Kurt Cobain is a, is a prime example of a guy who like invented his own sound mm-hmm. because it's like you take a guy who's like it's like playing it's like kind of punk. Yeah. But it's grunge. Yeah. It's but like, he was pissed off and he wanted it really bad and he had a serious attitude and yeah. that's what got him. And if you think have. about any any artist that's made an impression on people in a in a way that's like game changing, they're all like that. It's like Uncle Tupelo mm-hmm. is like another band where it's like, Oh, alt country, what is that? Yeah. It's that. It's what they're doing. Yeah. They they're not Blue Rodeo. And Blue Rodeo is awesome, yeah. but it's like but then you have guys in Blue Rodeo start loving Wilco. Yeah. And falling in love with... And then they're influenced by Wilco. Yeah. And that came long after, you know? Yeah, but, it's crazy. I think yeah. about it all the time. I mean, you know, some people, they want to be the best. But it's like, don't be afraid just to be yourself and be like the first on your own mountain. Because mm-hmm. sometimes that's more important to even being at the top of the mountain. But the problem is you don't know what that mountain is until exactly. you're just doing it. You exactly. Kind of so to... many people, like you think about like all those people that didn't find success in their lifetime. Mm-hmm. They A lot of them were like, I was a waste of space. I was a bad artist. No one got it. And then now we're all like, you know, Obsessed you talk about Towns it. or Blaze Foley or, uh, you know, Karen Dalton. Yeah. You're like, you look back and you go, why didn't I hear this name? Yeah. Who is this person? Yeah. This is the best thing I've ever heard. And then, but then everyone's, you know, they're raising them up. And it's just like, they were just either ahead of their time or just misunderstood. Or they shot themselves in the feet by being, you know, you got a guy like Towns, like falling down drunk at gigs. And yeah. that, it doesn't, doesn't, you know, now that he's gone, you can't, you can't demystify it with uh, like the, the tragic symbol. You can just go Towns Van Zandt, songwriter. Yeah great songs that's yeah exactly that's all that matters yeah. it's not like towns van zandt that guy puked on stage but his, well i don't know if that ever happened but you know what I mean? and his hard life are like they're a part of the narrative of his that's story. true and there's there is a mystique there behind the entire story of that yeah, guy that's true that's a good point and i that's w- w- one of the reasons i mean as morbid as it is, that's one of the things that people are fascinated about him. Mm-hmm. And that is a large part of his character. And and I, and poorly enough, you see some people try to emulate that. Which see, is, that's a which thing is too. Terrible. Yeah. That, 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 that emu- like art emulates life or whatever. Like, but when you're taking somebody else's life and trying to copy it to get their art, I'm yeah. like, what is that? He Just wasn't lit- doing those things because he was an artist. He was doing yeah, those was- things because he was fucked up. Yeah, exactly. That's, yeah. and that, you know, you think about, like, I, I think about that a lot too. It's like, you know, there's a, there's a stigma or a lifestyle that you choose being a songwriter or a rock and roll star or whatever you want to call it. But it's like, it's not, you don't have to give into the, that tragic side where you're partying and shooting heroin and, you know, yeah. groupies and all that well, stuff's like, you know, we don't make enough money to do that anyway. That's, <laughs> that's something we've talked about a lot. Like, um, the, the industry's changed so much in that way. And, um, you can't, you can't be a piece of shit anymore. Um, no, you, you'll never, you'll never survive. You have to show up to gigs on time. You got to get your, your $300 pay so that you can get to the next gig or you're, yeah. you're fucked. Exactly. So well, there's, yeah, and exactly. you, and you have to make sure that those venues don't think that you are a piece of shit because you'll never, 
you'll never be invited back. Yeah, I think the only way today you could be a piece of shit or like an asshole or whatever is if you're unfucking believable. Like it's like you're one of those things where it's like this is like a, yeah. Of course, yeah, he kicked in the monitor. Fuck. I guess some some but people that guy's can get, amazing. Some people can get away with with that, but I for a lot of those guys too, I think they put on they put on that image but when it comes to business, they get the job done. And, yeah. and you know, with pay, with money, with taxes, with all those things, they have to be done properly and done on time or you're you're destroying your own career. That's true. Really, really fast. So those guys that seem like they're badasses and don't care about anything, they actually care a lot and maybe more. Sometimes I think that, yeah, part of being in it, part of a cultured image as well. Like I think sometimes you... you pl- the, yeah, like we were talking about earlier, it's like some people that might be even fake. I don't know. I don't know a lot of Who artists knows? that are dinks. And, and it you know probably I mean? is with certain people and some people it's not. Yeah, I've never, never ran into anybody that and been like, oh, yeah, well, <clears throat> the show got canceled because he, you know. Was hammered. Yeah, or he hit a guy with a mic it just, stand. It just doesn't, that doesn't happen too much anymore. I'm, I see the odd person. I know a couple. But, <laughs> but I, yeah. I, do, I do see the odd person, you know get messed up at their gig um and you know calling sick when they're not sick but you don't like for me it's like i can't call a gig sick i can't do that because i even if i am sick because i need to survive yeah like that's pretty important i think living on that razor's edge too makes you pretty hungry as well i think that's that's i've always respected that about you because you were like the first, one of the first guys I ever met that's like, yeah, I'm touring like nonstop to play music. There's yeah. a while there a few years ago where like, yeah, you're playing everywhere and you still yeah. are, you still go. But I'm just saying like, but you know, kind of, you kind of go, well, maybe I should give that a shot. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's, uh, sometimes it's not the funnest though. Oh man, I can imagine. <laughs> you know, it's like, sometimes it's funny. Sometimes it is, sometimes it's not. Tanner James, I remember him and Sean Hamilton sleeping in a car they took a picture they were like had the seats back of the front seat like tiny blankets and they're like well look at night world and i was like man i'm getting a van just in case yeah. <laughs> like, i was like yeah. i'll take the seats out and lay down in the back but man we had one uh where it snowed where were we on that know. hill and that we were outside of a hostel we couldn't oh, get jasper. a room is that jasper yeah, we slept outside the hospital or oh, hospital. hospital. The hostel. <laughs> Just the in case we froze to death. Yeah. <laughs> They'd find us. That was a bad idea. Yeah, we and it was like minus ten outside. Slept in the slept in the truck, yeah. Brady thought it was a good idea to pajama up and then he froze his ass off. I wore my shoes and my pants and everything <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> oh man, that's rough. Well, um, I guess we'll uh, get you to play a tune. Okay. We'll kind of wind her down. Um, I don't know what song do you want to play. Is play it that ha- one that me and Brady like. That uh, the one you were playing earlier. Yeah. Oh, that, Francine. That yeah. That little ditty. Yeah, this is coming off the new album, which uh, who knows when that'll be even started or out. Well, they found her on the corner, her name was Francine. Twenty-six years old and a mother 
there to be She had a tattoo on her shoulder Red forever dean Fifty in her pocket And a broken rosary Ain't nothing like a murder Stir up a town Oh, the doors that get locked And the shades they come down Then the sheriff says The perpetrator's been found And it all gets forgotten about Cause it's 1750 to go to the zoo 25 if you include the ice cream too And you could stay home and watch the news But you'd probably just get the Well, Francine was a good girl, she never did no wrong She was a saint until the day she was gone Went out one night and didn't come back at dawn Her mama knew something was wrong She'd been fighting with her estranged ex-husband Dean He'd been shooting up instead of paying alimony A real ripe fruit from a violent tree Dean was known to get rough with Francine but the trail's too far to go for a hike And it wouldn't feel right drinking on a Monday night So the man on the screen says Coming up live, we'll take you to the scene of the crime Well, the cops caught Dean just north of Duluth They asked him the question and they wanted the truth Dean denied, but it weren't no use Forensics had all the proof So they threw up a jury and a verdict was found For laying his pregnant ex-wife in the ground Dean Janaski was to be put down On a date they did not announce it's a big cruel rock we ride around the sun Trouble it happens to everyone You can scream it ain't fair at the top of your lungs But some things can't be undone Thanks for tuning in to the Rockwater Rambler. Next week we got Tanner James talking about his newest record. We'll see you next week.